0: This is episode 67 with Chris Prendergast.
1: This is Crowdfunding Uncut, the place where creators and entrepreneurs come to learn how to launch a successful crowdfunding campaign. Here's your host, Kirsten Ross.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Backerkit. Backerkit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software tool that helps you manage and fulfill orders to your backers once your campaign wraps up. They help you with things such as customer surveys, upsells, downsells, address changes, and all that beautiful stuff that you would otherwise manage on a spreadsheet and want to rip your hair out. So they're a great solution. Not only have they been around for five years, but this tool was actually created out of the frustration that a creator had while fulfilling his own orders. So not they've now to date helped more than 2,000 creators just like you and have fulfilled orders to more than 3.5 million backers. They work with both digital and physical products. So great solution. To find out more, head over to backerkit.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Uh, this is episode 67 and if you listened to the podcast on the last one, it was a little bit of a um, hard week for me last week, uh, losing a mentor and whatever, but I promise this episode is a little more upbeat. I actually want to do something a little bit different. Um, I hope I'm not, we're not jinxing this by publishing some information ahead of time, but I find that so many of you guys that write in asking questions about crowdfunding really don't know what happens before the launch. And yeah, like I talk a lot about building an audience, but like, what does that actually look like? And I got this great idea to actually bring on one of my current clients, Chris Prendergast, who we are launching an amazing, amazing product in two weeks from today, um, the 21st. And the hype and the buzz that we've been, just feedback we've been getting from the product makes me confident enough to know that we are doing something fairly awesome before the launch. And I actually wanted to bring Chris on to have a conversation about what are some of the things that creators need to do two weeks before a launch. And so before I get into like, this show is all about what does the buildup look like? And I'm, um, we're not going to go through three months of chronology, but it's more like when we get to crunch time of two to three weeks before a launch, like what really matters and what are we focused on and why are we focused on it? So this is like a live case study. And assuming all goes well, I do intend to, Chris, to bring Chris back onto the show in a few weeks to actually talk about how we've taken what we're doing right now to drive some pretty big numbers and so chris i'm gonna shut up and why don't you go into what the jam stack is and like all that stuff
1: yeah, sure. Um, okay, so first of all, the product that we're launching is a attachable guitar amp. We call it the world's first attachable guitar amp for electric guitars. So it's um, it attaches onto the base of any standard electric guitar using the existing strap button at the back and then integrates with your smartphone so that you can do uh, use all the apps that already exist, like Amplitude and AmpKit, uh, do recording loops, play to backing tracks, uh, drum loops, all that kind of good stuff. And then you can uh, have full portability and go play at the park, or uh, at the cottage, or on tour, or wherever you want. And also, setup is a lot faster than it is um, uh, doing it the standard way, which was originally um, my frustration when I uh, started this project.
0: Yeah, can you tell me a bit, like, I know your story, but how did you come up with the idea for Jamstack?
1: Sure, yeah, I mean, I used to love playing the backing tracks, and I would, I had a... The process that I went through to do it was um, a big pain in the butt. I had some software on my computer. I had an interface. I would plug my guitar uh, into that interface and in the computer and then run that through my stereo and then try and balance the levels between the software and maybe the YouTube video or iTunes uh, music that I was playing. It was just a big process. And I had a a thought one afternoon, four years ago, that I really wish uh, I could just put all of this in my guitar um, and then kind of said, looked at my smartphone, realized that there was, there already was some great software on the phone. It just didn't make it really any more portable, which is kind of crazy. That's the whole point of a phone is that it's portable. Um, and then, so I, I, I started tinkering and I, I had an old guitar, so I drilled some holes and installed a speaker and made a, uh, <clears throat> an iPhone mount and i i actually made this the custom guitar was actually the first thing i came up with and um it was incredibly fun uh to play i I really enjoyed it personally i showed it off to some friends got a huge uh, feedback long story short um realized that it didn't have to be a custom guitar this is something that could be modular and as time went on and and bluetooth speakers got better and better and better and better and lighter and lighter and, and and smartphones got more powerful it became more and more obvious that this product um, had reached the right time, and uh, no one, still no one, had done it. And uh, I, I just met the, the right people to uh, to make it possible. So I'm going, having a go at uh, making it a thing.
0: Yeah, because what I found interesting when I first met you was you got this idea four years ago, but you didn't actually start to do it uh, anything about it until recently. So what was yeah. what happened recently that made you think that maybe you are actually onto something?
1: So, uh, a few things. Um, I actually uh, brought, so I built a second custom guitar prototype, because um, the first one was I took apart one of those mini little amps and put it inside, and then um, and I had a, a thought to use a Bluetooth speaker instead, and it was so much better. It was louder, it was clear. it was way more fun, it was so simple. I brought it to a family gathering, and I have, I have a, a friend of the family who's a businessman, and he just thought it was the coolest thing he's ever seen and uh, freaked out about it and said, you know, we have to do something about this. But then an interesting turn of events, um, I started, you know, getting back into the research and and seeing if uh, this was still something that hadn't hadn't been done and and actually did end up finding an Indiegogo campaign uh, that someone had just launched um, called the Fusion Guitar, actually, and it looks like a really cool product, but and they did really well. So I was I was simultaneously uh disappointed um but also validated that you know my idea was good um and then um and then I guess slowly but surely said you know what I can approach this a different way and still come up with something that's I think even more compelling and um and then but I was I was still hesitant I was still like how am I it just seemed very daunting the amount of money and and t- and time that was uh um, but I, but I joined, uh, some incubators and started talking to other people and seeing the way that they, you can kind of get around those challenges, um, gave me the confidence to, uh, to go ahead with it.
0: I love how you like, you didn't know, cause you, you saw the price tag, like it is not cheap to develop a prototype. And right now we have a working yeah. model, thousands of dollars spent. And I, I think it's really Great that you knew that you wanted to validate it for yourself to make sure this is something people would actually pay for before you sunk in a ton of
1: money. Huge! Yeah, you're gonna have like, and, and if you're going on this path, I mean, you'll you'll find loans and you'll find deals, and but if you're not um, just one thousand percent confident, not only is that really unwise, but if you are, um, you know, um, a reflective person, you're gonna start to have those doubts just because of, of it. it's a huge risk. Um, it really is uh, developing a product is a huge risk for any, for any campaign doing both, uh, even bigger. So yes, you should, I think you'll hear this from a lot of different people is that you should test the crap out of your idea. Of course, asking both people that you, that like you and trust you, but also, um, others that have no reason to be nice and all of the above. Um, and I just, I, I lots of lots of consistent, positive feedback. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then I, I just um, my confidence grew to a point where I was willing to uh, to take the dive. I guess.
0: Yeah. No, that's really cool. And again, his words, not mine. So smart, <laughs> smart guy. Um, now, I don't want to. I'm going to save. I think the genesis of Jamstack in the the last three months for another interview because I do intend to bring you back on. Um, again, hope we don't jinx this, but <laughs> we are now less than two weeks away from launch and um i like to talk about some of the higher level things that we're doing and then we can just yeah let's just do like a back and forth because like
1: mm-hmm.
0: i've been recommending strategy but you've been killer with execution so i think this could be a good point to start so we have chosen kickstarter for yeah. the platform which was a bit of a hard decision i think um yeah When we were going back and forth between Indiegogo and Kickstarter, ultimately, why did we choose Kickstarter?
1: So um, I guess it all came down to the conversion rate and the perception uh, that people still have with it. And we felt that the... So essentially, um, it's kind of a bit of a story. uh, You've talked a few times about your podcast that having a huge launch is really important. So therefore, building a big email list is very important and that's a significant financial investment. And that investment... Is based on uh, conversions as well as when you're in the campaign. And um, we had an ad specialist that we're working with, and he working on, on many campaigns, and, and said that Indiegogo just does, isn't quite converting the same way that Kickstarter has. But that was um, that was a big part. But there's another component which I th- which I, th- I learned about and was like, wow, that's um, uh, really key. I think um and Jackets uh, was uh, I think the first place I heard it is that. Um, Kickstarter being the more rigid of the platforms, though it does limit you in in information you're allowed to have during the campaign. um, What Indiegogo allows you to do is to mirror your results from Kickstarter and bring them onto a second platform and then utilize a second user base over on Indiegogo. Um, They will copy all of the money um, visually that you've raised on Kickstarter and and then you can continue pre-orders there. Um, and yeah. you, you're not – and you can't do it the other way around. Just so to stop it may-
0: you for a second. Yeah. You're talking about the in-demand. So after you've successfully raised on Kickstarter, you can then continue selling pre-orders on Indiegogo.
1: That's right. That's
0: right.
1: And it's a, high, but it, it's a bit more costly. They charge um, 8% versus 5% if you're there on the whole platform. But that made a lot of sense um, from a cash flow perspective um, and so that you can leverage, I guess, those both audiences and you can leverage – Um, all of the hopefully the media and the positive press and the other resources that you have going and the knowledge and the messaging and all those other things which I want to talk about more in a minute, you can then go and and start kind of new on a different platform and extend your campaign, which is a huge opportunity. So yeah, that made a lot of sense to me that for those two reasons. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a bit daunting because you want to get featured and you want to be at the top of your category in Kickstarter, which may be a little harder um, just because it's uh, – so it depends on the category that you're in. Um, that's another thing you should look into before you're doing this. Um, but, yeah, ultimately we said uh, we wanted to kind of shoot for the moon and, and do it that way.
0: Backer kits. Now, we can't forget about these guys. We need to thank them. A special shout-out to the team for making this show possible. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Uh, For you creators that are looking to have a fulfillment partner to handle all that nasty data and figure out how to get product to your customers at the end of your campaign, Backerkit is a very, very great option. Um, They're a fulfillment software tool that's going to help you organize all the data, facilitate any customer upsells, address changes, you name it. Um, They work with not only physical products, but also digital, which is pretty awesome as well. So they've served more than 2000 creators just like you and have delivered product to I'm sure way more than this now, but 3.5 million backers. So they're one of the leading in the industry online and really know what they're doing. Um, They actually created the software tool after doing their own uh, crowdfunding campaign back in 2010 and realizing how much of a nightmare it is to actually figure out the spreadsheet horror and take it from me. I've been on several campaigns now and um, I didn't know backer kit was an option, but they would have saved me hours and hours of crying and pulling my hair out over Excel spreadsheets because that is what the alternative is. So they help you focus on what's important, which is designing beautiful products, and dealing with your customers while they take care of all the nasty backend stuff. Um, so the other awesome thing is because they love us and they love you guys and they really want to help, um, there is a code in the show notes that they're giving you guys 50% off their setup fee just for the uncut audience. So to find out more, go to backerkit.com and head over to the show notes, which are going to be at crowdfunnyuncut.com slash blog and just go to the latest one and you will find it for this episode. Note to self, find better show note URLs just so you guys don't have to do all this extra work. So, note for me. Um, anyways, let's get back to the interview. Yeah, and now based on the reason we had to pick a platform is because Indiegogo will let you um, – set up your campaign right away and launch right away. There's no filtering process. But with Kickstarter, you need a minimum of five days for them to approve your campaign. And I know that I had a friend last year who had to wait two and a half weeks for his campaign to get approved by Kickstarter. So we knew that it was a priority for us to get a draft of our Kickstarter page, which includes a video and the page ready to submit. And so we're submitting that today to give us two weeks to make sure that when we get approval, we can then control which day we actually go live. Um, But the, the good thing about that is we don't need a finished draft right now. We just need a very, um, very good first draft because we can make edits within Kickstarter's guidelines um, right up until launch, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I would recommend um, if uh, I think most campaigns um, probably have a tight time when you're when you're when you're sc I think I want to talk a little bit more about kind of sculpting this this uh, email list because it kind of it takes a lot of of your of your time periods. But yeah, I mean, send that draft off as early as possible because you can you can really change. Pretty much, every I mean, you can't you can't change the whole scope of your project, but you can change the video. You can change every reward as long as no one's actually bought one. So you're not really tied down to anything at all. So getting it out immediately, and then you can press the go button whenever you want. Um, it just gives you that freedom. So that's yeah, that's advice I would definitely.
0: Exactly. Um, now getting into this is like my favorite part of the conversation. Is like I preach you need an audience before we launch. Um, Like 100%. I'm not going to go into why because if you just download the checklist, you'll know popularity algorithm, do a quick Google search. Um, But the fastest and the best way that I think we have to build a list is through paid advertising Um, because you could do it quick and you could do it easily. Um, It is the expensive route, but the data that you get is phenomenal. Um, So Chris, why don't we talk about what we have like what our pre-launch campaign has looked like just from an ad um, from an ad spend perspective and why we did that versus maybe growing a list organically over a year. Like
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean if you look I think if you looked at it's 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 just a lot of money in a short period of time. But if really if you looked at the actual numbers that you're getting, I I don't I, I think it's probably is maybe could be even the cheapest route depending on how you value your time. Because Um, it's pounding the pavement and getting, and getting those emails is incredibly hard, not to mention by the time you've gotten enough, um, those, uh, those contacts are going to be old anyway. So, um, yeah, so essentially we decided that, um, we would spend, uh, $5,000 on a paid advertising campaign. Um, we hired a professional, uh, ad tester who, um, essentially what, happens, what ends up happening is you create this tree. So you have um, a, a few images that you test and each of those images has a title and each of those titles has some messaging. And you're essentially t- testing every permutation of those to see which ones um, react the best because the ones that get the most clicks per views are, are going to end up saving you money in the end for your, for your email campaign. So you optimize that way. Um, and the reason um, we we thought uh, so, generally speaking, if you're if you've got your messaging well and you've and you've, you've picked great uh, images and if you really understand um, the number one pain point of your product, then you it costs about you're looking in the order of two bucks to three dollars per email, um, which uh, and then we needed so that if you work that out, we're looking at an email list of around two to three thousand people, and then you're hoping that close to 10% of those convert for you early on. So um, it does kind of pay for itself, but it's obviously very um, risky and expensive, but it's necessary. You need having that huge boost. is It's one of those things that's just not optional in a crowdfunding campaign. It's something that you absolutely have to do. And uh, the learning that we've had has just been massive. I think a big thing about the first couple of, or the, the month leading up to a campaign is you, you've, you've done your best to learn from your audience. You've talked to a lot of people. You've started probably a, a smaller Facebook group. Um, but now that you're getting into these big numbers, you use your automated email sequence to do two things. One, indoctrinate those people so that they really feel part of something as much as you possibly can, and that raises, obviously, the conversions from your list. And two is to learn as much as you can about your audience so that you can sculpt uh, your messaging as best you can. Now, you're not probably going to go in and, and completely reshoot your video, but that means you can change the text in your page, you can change the wording and, and phrasing that you use the best you can, maybe do some audio changes, whatever it needs to be, and just really understand the people that clicked on your ad um, for whatever reason. And uh, I've learned so, so much about the kinds of people that uh, wanna buy it and and, and the things that, they're, that, that are going through their head. The, the market research is just, would be worth the money alone. Um, so that's been uh, that's been fantastic. So and, and it's iterative. So you, you kind of you start with your best what you think your messaging should be, and then if you may be on on some things and you may be off, and you've got to keep readjusting and keep going back and forth, which can be uh, can be frustrating because it's time intensive. But you're just you're trying to optimize everything as you as you learn and as things get bigger and as more information comes in.
0: Yeah, you know I'm actually finding this conversation to be more detailed on average than my average one because we are literally in the thick of this right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I had to and I had to outsource uh, those those emails coming in which is another thing I'd recommend is making everything kind of scalable so that you've got an extra like a info email that you can kind of give to someone else because you need to spend time uh, doing other things like pitching and, and other things which we can talk about but
0: Yeah, we'll get we'll get into pitching um in a minute. What I want to do is kind of go through, I, I want to pick apart the the email. So we have a few formulas to success here. We have An ad spend of five thousand, ad budget of five k, but we also have a great Facebook strategy. But the thing with the Facebook strategy, and you've touched on so many important parts here, that you have like the welcome sequence and a bunch of things happening on the back end. So I want to talk about what that funnel looks like in case anyone here is new to online marketing. Um, Yeah, what you're doing is ultimately you're paying, you're paying uh, Facebook. Through ads to get you leads, and your leads is an email address, and the whole point of that email is to convert them into a backer when you go live. So what you need to do, email marketing is going to be a way for you to have a relationship with your customer, so they they're excited and they're ready and they trust you, and as soon as you go live, they're going to support your project, or even if they don't, they're going to refer like refer it on social or whatever. So to maximize what you're getting out of each email, you want to make sure that they're engaged. And the first thing you want to do is when they sign up on a landing page for pre-launch updates, you're going to be offering them something in exchange for that. It's um, generally like offer them 40% off or 30% off of an early bird uh, reward as soon as you go live, but just make a note. It's limited in quantity and it's first come first serve. Um, and so what they're doing is they're like going to be then on your email list where they'll get an automated sequence where over a week they're going to learn more about why this project is so important to you, um, some features about it and really get to know you and your business a little bit more. And that's how they stay engaged. And it gives them an opportunity to to speak one-on-one with you should they have any questions. Um, but one thing that, we actually just started in this past week, which was a bit of a fluke. Um, and I got this idea from Nathan Chan, which is another uh, – he runs Founder Magazine, and that's another campaign that I'm on launching soon. Um, so what we did – I'm taking no credit for this strategy because th- he did this on his own. But it's amazing. When I was on a call with them, he's just showing me what they're doing. And what they're doing is they've actually – Gone a step further. So instead of just having people on your email list and then emailing them when we go live, he's created a Facebook group about around this launch. Not only a Facebook group, what he's done, he doesn't just invite people into the group. No, he's keeping it an exclusive community and he's positioned it as your street team. So, street team is having a group of ambassadors or a group of really Super excited people ready to help you spread the word when you guys launch. And so, what he's done is, as soon as someone signs up for an email list, they're invited to join to apply for an insiders group. And they go through a questionnaire, and then you accept certain people, making sure that they are the criteria you want. And one of those questions you ask is, Why do you want to be an insider? And oh my God, the like, chris you've seen some responses we've been getting for those like what are you what are you seeing from that
1: um it's it's been amazing um i mean these are your people that are the most passionate about the product and it's a lot of thank you for doing this you know um i mean i guess every product's a little bit different in terms of how the passionate people are going to engage with you but for this i mean we're guitar players are very passionate about their hobby and it's just been a lot of Thank you so much for doing this. I can't wait to do ABC with it. Um, This is, you know, I can, and these are the people that kind of get it right away that you don't have to watch a carefully scripted campaign video five times. They just like, I mean, all they've seen at this point is our little ad where they show it working um, and they get it and they immediately start listing off the things that they want to do. And you're going to know really, really quickly um, whether or not, you know, your campaign uh, messaging is is on track or not. But, yeah, it's it's the response to this program is huge. I think people want to feel a part of something, especially if it's a cool product that they've kind of wanted for a while. It doesn't matter what it is. And why not use these people's passion um to a help make their own goals achievable, so they are helping themselves. Maybe they'll you know get a prize or reward. They'll they'll be able to have contact with the founder, which is a cool experience for them. Yeah, th- it makes so much sense. It's not it's not something that I would have ever thought to do, but I'm I'm really glad that we're doing it, and it seems to be working really well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so once they're in the Facebook group, and you and I actually are having a call after this for um, a few strategies in there. Sorry, guys, can't share them just yet, but. <laughs> Um, so once they're in the group, then a, it's a, the incentive for them to be in the group is they get like backstage passes pretty much. They get to see exactly what we're doing behind the scenes and and get, um, exposed to the team and, and to Chris, But another thing that we're doing to take it a step further is the whole point of the street team is so that they share the campaign. So we've actually created a contest within the Facebook community dependent on people doing certain things. So we have like they can get um, get points or. Um, get entered into a lottery to win free product or a one on one call with the founder or like a limited signed edition of the Jamstack. Um, so we have a few different reward tiers. We say, okay, you if you do step one, which is uh, invite another insider, and then step two, you can join the competition. Step three, do say a thunderclap campaign. Um, there are a few things. And if they, we reward them for helping us spread the word and in exchange, they get backstage access.
1: And mm-hmm. So it's internal and like, and external motivation, right? In internal motivation, they're they're part of something, and we're engaging with them every day. And I'm just about to record a video, you know, thanking them for their interest so far. I mean, we've already been they've been sharing their their favorite guitars and talking about just like you know just like a, like any Facebook group uh, that all about guitarists would do. But um, they, I mean, the thing one thing they have in common is they all. Uh, want a jam stack. So they get that, but then they also get the, you know, the real, the actual physical reward of of getting uh, free product or deals or whatever that happens to be. Um Yeah,
0: which is so, just
1: awesome. Yeah, it's and then the again with the being able to ask them questions honestly and just being like, hey guys, like, you know, you guys are are my people. What do you think about this? Does this make sense to you? Um, to have some like a Large group of people who are your exact audience, who you can ask honest questions for. You're gonna want that, guaranteed, when you're at when you're at this point because there'll be. I mean, you you should know exact. You know what you're doing at this point, but there'll be little questions that that could matter a lot, and they could be a color. I like we've been. This is. You know, do we want to offer colors or not? Has it been, you know, a big thing, and 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 that's something that I could ask, you know, this this group and get a and get a good answer from. And, and getting that answer before the camp that may be a huge difference in 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 money uh, and planning. And if you promise it and, and and you get, you know, four people actually buying that color, you may have to like refund it. Just this big mess. But anyway, if you have that data, you can. Uh, yeah, it just makes things a lot less stressful. So, I highly would highly recommend that when you're you build a big list and then you funnel and you narrow that down into into more passionate people and then use those, uh, you know, people as your advantage. And and also, it's a lot of fun. Like you get to bring them into your world and and uh, and you know just uh, and connect with with uh, you should hopefully would want to connect with your customers and and people that that want to uh, want your product. Um so i'm yeah i've I've really in- enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to uh talking with them more,
0: yeah, same and I mean, so just to wrap up the conversation a bit like our our biggest priority now is to make sure engagement in the group is is there because mm-hmm. uh, we spent all this well chris spent all this money on getting this together, and the last thing we want is to be a boring group, like we need to keep the conversations yep. going um because right now like I've received just on, on my phone I'm getting what? Like fifty or sixty notifications a day with people commenting and posting in that group, which is like the most active group I'm a part of right now and we need to keep that going for two weeks.
1: Yeah, don't take anything for yeah for granted because that yeah, that won't last forever if you're not if you're not actively engaging with them and yeah, you've got to constantly well and then there's and I think uh, the way I like to think about it as a founder is that there's there's information that's super polished stuff and that goes to your that's your main kind of email list that goes out to everyone and that goes to the Facebook and then there's stuff that's a little bit maybe some behind the scenes cell phone pictures and things that are a bit more um exclusive. Uh, exclusive yeah and then that's the stuff that you share in those smaller communities because i think a lot of the times when i was like shoot we've got the normal facebook group we've got the insiders group we've got these emails and all this stuff needs content but really it's just it's not it doesn't need to be all the same content and it uh, doesn't necessarily need to take that much time to create it just needs to, there's there's probably interesting things that are going on around you just uh bring them into it a little bit with a sound phone pick or a little audio clip or or whatever something thoughtful and uh, that's where that you know, that content's going to come from. And then just, you know, ask questions and talk about, um, talk about their, their hobby or, or, um, or about, you know, how they plan to use the product, those kinds of things. And actually, uh, yeah, engage with them. So I'm, I'm still learning about how to, how to, how to do that and how to keep that going but so far we've been really lucky with an initial burst of enthusiasm so we gotta keep that going and
0: now it's like let's just make sure this is um whatever because like we need another story outside of the oh we're launching in seven days right so mm-hmm. um, what we're doing is we're shutting off ad spend and not letting we're basically not funneling any new people into the group 10 days prior to launch because what we want to be doing is making sure that our list and the group are all on the same schedule for sending out emails and we, we want to make sure that everyone's like knows that we're ten days out and then seven and just keeps the conversation the same. Yep. As well. Um so Chris, why don't we shift over to influencers a little bit? Sure. What are you do I know what you're doing, but what are you <laughs> doing behind the scenes right now for pitching?
1: So, yeah, I mean, so we gathered a list um, of big um, influencers, Whether and they're different types. Of course, there's YouTubers that um, have channel-related um, or guitar-related channels. There's Facebook pages, which are essentially kind of like these Facebook blogs, essentially, um, that are guitar-related. There's uh, major publications, tech publications. There is just bloggers. There is... Um, there's people with you know massive Twitter accounts, those kinds of things, um, from various sizes, and we've got this massive list of people that we think share the same audience as us. Because what you want to be able to say to them is, I think your audience will enjoy blah. And essentially, you hook them in with you know you. What I'm doing is going through a list and and saying something I appreciate about their about their page, for example. So I'll go on to um, this uh, this guitar blog um, Facebook group and say I really like. Um, you know how passionate you guys are and that you share, blah blah blah. Uh, I really think your audience would enjoy my product that I'm launching. Um, it's the world's first detachable guitar amp. Um, here's a video of what it is. Um, let me know how you like to work with brands. Um, and we, you know, I look forward to, to working together. Boom. And then that's and then that way you're you are just leaving things as open as possible and just hooking them in, is hopeful, hopefully, for a, a bigger conversation. And they may go down different paths with you and you can just try and it's all about leveraging whatever and (laughs) you can um and hopefully they're i mean because they're all looking for content you got to remember to share to their audience so they're most likely going to be really happy that you contacted them and some of them are that that are a bit bigger um may want to either be an affiliate or have a some kind of cost associated for post um there's lots of different ways that you can work with uh with influencers but um yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to get this in the hand of some guitar players. Um, uh, it's it's a, it, That's a bit of a logistical challenge, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different type of influencers, and they all kind of work differently.
0: I swear, you can teach my new Influencer Marketing Masterclass. That was great. <laughs> well,
1: uh, I've, uh, yeah, I've been taught by the best.
0: Oh, well, I would say I'm <laughs> the best. Let's just see how the campaign goes. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm joking. Uh, or am I? I don't know. Uh Oh my God, I got distracted by a Facebook message. Um, I was going to say, so like you have one working prototype and yeah. we wanted to create a second one to ship out to influencers like say Unbox Therapy so that they could do a video spot with it. But then we realized we're at the price point of developing another prototype that we didn't have much to send around. So what have we been using instead of a prototype that you would recommend?
1: Um so you mean like the the visual assets and videos and things that we have is a that teaser
0: video. Yeah. Oh yes.
1: Yeah, teaser video. So yes, very important to uh yeah, we made a, a teaser video. We've got well, we've got an earlier one and then we've got this um so essentially I like the teaser video because I wanted something that was less than 30 seconds. So these are the things I was thinking about, Um, preferably 20 because the teaser video is going to serve lots of purposes, but people need to get it almost right away because everyone's inundated with information, especially on your Facebook feed or in your inbox. Um, It needs to show and really focus on the number one strength that your product has. Um, Maybe two, but you don't even... um, uh, the focus on one, and hopefully peripherally there are others in there. So what that was a, a, us uh, being attachable, we're the only good uh, attachable guitar amp. Does it do a whole bunch of other things that guitar amps can't do? Yes. I mean, the, initially I was going to go with the the world's most portable guitar amp, but um, but uh, it wasn't as powerful as the first attachable. So that's what we decided to go with. And I have a video of we uh, actually were really nice of Longa McQuay to let us go in, and we just filmed uh the jam stack attaching on to like 10 or 20 different guitars over and over and over again and just showing how easy it was and i play a little lick and then we just go boom 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 um and it's, you just get yep i get it it's really really attachable and it's really easy um to to attach on and it works with your smartphone and i'm curious why, like well i have some questions now and the way you saw that curiosity is you click on the link which takes you to the landing page or um you if i'm talking to an influencer they are curious enough to ask me a bit more about the product, and hopefully, I can continue to court them a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, and I love the I love the teaser video route because, frankly, it's so hard to stand out when these influencers are getting pitched by a hundred different people every week, or or more, depending if it's like TechCrunch, Mashable, or whatever. So, like, you have to do whatever you can to make sure that they have the information they need to see how awesome it is and to write back, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you obviously you have a very catchy. Um, it's all about curiosity. What with giving them enough information that they don't skip over it. So if it's pure curiosity, I'm like whatever. I don't want to waste my time. But you know they want to. You to you say meet the Jamstack, the world's first um, electric guitar amp. We want you to be the first or whatever. Or you can just say you know this is what it is, and hopefully. That it's a it's a it's a difficult balance, but you want to give them just a, a, a little uh, nugget of information, with also leaving them curious, and hopefully that there that's enough, so that they read their three sentences or four sentences that you've written, and maybe watch your twenty second video, and that's all you, that's all the attention you can really hope for from these people that are that are inundated with uh, content all the time.
0: Yeah, and we have. So I'm always. Uh, Confused as to when the best time to pitch is, because you know some people say wait until you launch and have numbers. Um, Frankly, I think we have something good enough that we'd want to offer the right publication exclusivity if we got it. So that's why we're pitching about Mm. ten days out. Um, But. If we like when we get anyone who is interested in writing about us, we have to make sure that they are aware we don't want them writing about us until day two or three of the campaign, just because we don't want them to send traffic to a page that has barely any sales like five minutes after we launch. So we need to make sure we have something cool to show so that that traffic is most likely going to convert.
1: Yes. Um, a couple of things that I, I learned early on from you is one is that you embargoes are okay. It's okay to say, you know, don't write about us until this time. That's something that, you know, that publication should be used to hearing. And the number two is that it's very hard to get press twice. So if something else has a, I've covered it, you know, a week before, that's not interesting to a different publication. However, if it's relatively fresh in all regards, you you have a way better chance of making a splash. So we are holding off with some of the bigger publications in terms of, you know, getting that We don't want them running about us right now. We're doing the paid paid ads to get the list built, but also the free blogs and and things um, aren't as picky about that. So we're doing that a little bit earlier to try and, again, build up our list as big as possible with maybe a little bit less um, money on the front end or or just say, hey, start the conversation early, uh, as early as you can, um, even though you don't have actual numbers and say, "Um, we want you to be on our side when it's day one or two and again help with that big first kick
0: yeah and don't think that just if you if you pitch someone a week before and they ignore you don't think that that's the only mm. time you have to pitch like we are doing we're pitching in waves like how do we know that the tech reporter that may be or journalist that maybe ignoring us now that they're not just sitting waiting to see how this does. So what you want to do is once you have hit your goal and you're off to a fast start and you have proof that this is something hot, then you can repitch them with like, Hey, well, we've raised 50 K in 48 hours. This is moving quickly. We want to make sure you guys have what you need to write about us. Yep. Or something. Right. So don't it's good, think it's,
1: it's good to go word. it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true too, for sure. And that's why you want to – and if you have a list of 100 people, you want to make sure you're making little notes on what you've done and who's done it as well so that you're kind of organized so that you can go back and uh, just talk to them with the right tone and manner that makes sense in the context.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So this has been fun. Am I missing anything for what else – like what else do you have going on over the next two weeks with this? Oh, geez. Well, I mean –
1: Designing a product has its own things. I mean, that's another thing, too, is that I'm dealing with the whole, like, um, moving forward with, you know, the design and, and, and manufacturing and all that kind of stuff. Um, just getting the final edits done, supporting the video guy, getting a few extra images, working on the page itself, making sure our messaging is, is perfect and we have the images that go with the messaging we want. And, uh, getting inspired by other pages that we really like. Um uh, those are the, you know, the main things that I'm working on, keeping audiences engaged. Um, I want to, I really want to create more um, some, we've like, since learning about um, our audience, I think there's some things we could do a bit better on messaging wise. So I want to create some more video for that. Um, I could get in the manufacturing side of things, but that's, I mean, that's a whole nother, um, another conversation. Um, but I think a ma- major take home is I just want to, Uh, say one more time is that every time so again with this I think a lot of people are going to be like wow $5,000 for um, an email list maybe they maybe they don't think that's a big number but I mean I know uh, I did but um, it's uh, again with not only do you get the the hopefully a bunch of people buying uh, your product the first couple days not only do you get a bunch of market information and 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 help with your messaging and you get you can funnel that into a smaller community um, which can also help you get a Cause, so essentially what you're creating is a snowball effect, which – and then again, if you have the publications because you have a big day one, you can blah, blah, blah. But every time I think you send an email for your welcome sequence is that is an opportunity to, A, sculpt their opinions of you and get one action. And that action can be a lot of different things. And it, for us, I know what it was. But for someone else, it could depend. But our actions are mainly was number one, information. Something really easy. You don't want to, you know, intimidate them too much. Number two was getting them on to be a Facebook insider. Uh, three could be to watch another video to get more views and get more, you know. So you, you have an opportunity for them to keep helping you over and over and over again. And that's that was a major mental shift for me. And then you got to have a plan for, okay, well, now they're helping me. Now how do I, you know, keep that going and and leverage that every little bit of, of the resources that I have to... Um, I guess make this as big as possible.
0: Yeah. And just to keep in mind, like, it's not like we're like, Oh yeah, you guys have to do so much for us. It's a balance where we're giving them a lot of stuff, like a chance to win or behind the scenes or whatever that is in exchange for something.
1: So yeah. And it shouldn't be like, it's not hours of their time really. It's just, you know, share, share, share it on Facebook and, you know, tell a friend and, and uh, sign up for Thunderlap and, you know, it's should be, you know, a, a few minutes, um, of their time for a chance at a at a free thing and to feel a part of something. Um, yeah. I know lots of, lots of little tricks and hacks and strategies and, and oh, a lot, lot of skills. Um, yeah. It's a lot. There's a lot going on, but it's, uh, it's obviously very doable, especially if you have someone that has been through it before uh, it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. This has been so good. I thought of this idea this morning, like I need to talk <laughs> about what we're doing behind the scenes. Cause it's like, this is the part of my job that people don't get to see and I think it's so valuable. Um Yeah. I only talk to creators after the fact when it's like 6 months after their launch and they're like I don't remember what we did.
1: You know? Right. So Yeah, that's a good point. I'm like I'm weird we are doing it I spent all day focusing on the campaign today, right? Yeah. So I'm very very fresh in my mind of what what I'm feeling and what I'm going through. And uh yeah, I mean, yeah, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask me.
0: Yeah, definitely. So Chris, this has been great. I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, So thanks for being on the show.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So, guys, um, a lot of the principles that we've talked about, I know Chris was an amazing teacher, but uh, he did learn some of that stuff from me. Um, <laughs> I've actually just launched a crowdfunding influencer marketing masterclass, which you can go to um, crowdfundinguncut.com slash influencer to take advantage of that. It's a uh, weekly webinar series I'm going to be hosting for currently a price is $7. Um I beta tested this with my current audience and they went nuts for it and the feedback so far has just been phenomenal. So to find out more about that, uh, go to crowdfundinguncut.com influencer. And thanks so much for listening to the show. Um, subscribe on iTunes and leave an honest review if uh, you're digging the show. All right. Thanks so much guys.